0: thank you for joining resurrection lutheran church this sunday morning giving praise with us for god's blessings of music prayer and scripture i pastor karen perkins will be sharing a message of grace forgiveness and hope all of the worship leaders blessed be the holy trinity one god the god of manna the god of miracles the god of mercy
1: amen So I know it says children's time, but aren't we all children of God? So yeah. Today I'm going to talk about complaining. In the first reading, Exodus 16, I'm going to read a section, 2 through 4. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So let's think about some things we may have complained about in the last week. Did you complain when it rained last weekend? Did you complain about the heat this weekend? Was there some food that you just didn't really like or an activity that you might have thought was boring? And did that complaining change anything? (laughs) Did it make the rain stop? Did it make that heat any more bearable? (laughs) Did it make the food taste better or that activity go faster? When we complain, it shows that our hearts are not grateful for the things that we have. God wants us to have grateful hearts. God also wants us to come to God with our requests rather than complaining when we didn't get it our way. That doesn't mean that God will always give us exactly what we want, but we can trust God to give us exactly what we need. Today, the part of the story that I read, the Israelites were complaining in the desert. God's people had seen God do amazing things, yet they still managed to find things to complain about. And we still heard how God was gracious to them and provided for them, even though they were ungrateful. God provided bread from heaven, which the people called manna. And that word means, what is it? Because the Israelites had never seen anything like it. Each day they would collect enough for that day, and if they collected more, it would be rotten by the next morning. God wanted to teach the people to trust God to provide for them. God provides for us even when we complain. This also happens in our lives. We might want something, and then we're provided not with what we wanted, but what we needed say we wanted a sugary treat for a snack but instead we were given a healthy fruit and granola bar <laughs> we got what we needed without getting what we wanted god works this way as well many times in our lives we are reminded we are just reminded god provides even when we complain and he provides what we need which we might which might not be what we want let's pray Dear God, thank you for providing for us, even when we complain. Please forgive us for being ungrateful and give us hearts that love you each, love you more each day. Thank you for giving us what we need always and help us to see what you have provided as a gift to be thankful for. Amen.
0: Thank you. Yes, we are all children. And often that's the easiest part for us to understand. So thank you. Please stand as you are able. Let us welcome the gospel. 5,000 people Jesus fed in the wilderness continued to follow him throughout the countryside. Jesus challenges them to consider the real nature of their quest. The Holy Gospel according to John.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking, looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, O Christ.
0: You may be seated. Uh, Before I went to seminary, several years before, I was a corporate trainer. And uh, I'm going to just assume that anybody who has worked professionally has been to some sort of professional training. And classes are typically organized in the classical adult education American model, which is we tell you about something or give you information. Then you do something, either using the information or the information you have is how to do a task. So then you do it. and. Then you're evaluated somehow. Maybe you do the evaluating. Do you know how to do the task or have you gained the information that you need to have? Then we say thank you. Everybody go for a little break. You know, there are cookies out in the lobby. And then come back for another lesson. Is that relatively familiar to everybody? Yes. Okay. So I want to contrast that with this being the third week in a series of John texts. The first week, we talked about Jesus sending the disciples, gathering the disciples, and reminding the disciples to rest because they were being pressed in by a crowd. Okay, go do the job, then come back, then take a break. We're already not in the right order. Then last week, we had Jesus feeding the 5,000, and all the, the loaves being gathered up, and the disciples being sent, and you know, reminded that they were being sent out into uh, scary, unpredictable circumstances. Okay, Have a snack, or a meal, or do the task, which is feeding. And then get the warning. That this is going to be really hard. Well, that's okay. I'll be with you. Now this week, let me try to explain it to you. Because as we're evaluating, did you get it or not? The disciples are still asking the question. How do you know those who were following him? How, how do we get this bread? How do we do the work? Of the one who sent you. This is not correct learning order. So I'm not going to, you know, advise Jesus on pedagogical style, but I think instead maybe we can learn something from the order that that we get these lessons. This is not the last of the series, but the order that we get these lessons. As people who often want to know first, gather information, uh, have, have the rules set out for us and the specifics of a task described to us, maybe performed for us so it's clear, and then be taught to do it and, and brought through it really carefully. To be thrown into ministry, is really scary. But that's the world we live in. We don't get to to live ministry in order of, okay. I'm going to learn how to do it. And then I'm going to practice doing it. And then I'm going to show you that I can do it. And then I'm going to go take a break. That's just not the way we get to live. That's not the way we get to minister, because we encounter work that we're called to do simultaneously with learning how to do it, simultaneously with learning how to trust God to give us the capacity to do it. It comes together. Which doesn't mean there's no growth. It just doesn't happen in a nice orderly fashion. We get to learn as we go. Couple of things that we have to, look, to take from this. One is, we're gonna mess up. Are you, uh, anybody here, the first time you tied your shoes did it perfectly? No. First time you went on Zoom did it perfectly? No? Ah, where is is this plugged in? I don't know if I've got this downloaded. I mean, it just it doesn't work that way. But the first time you went on Zoom, it's unlikely that it was like, oh, I want to learn how to do Zoom. I, gotta, you know, I got a little bit of time going to learn how to do Zoom. No, you learned how to do Zoom because you wanted to participate in something that was on Zoom, right? I mean, maybe there's a couple weirdos in here who just did it for kicks. But if, the rest of us, right, we did it because we had to learn it. But that means we have to be humble enough to say, OK, I'm not going to do it smoothly. I'm going to do it wrong. And the evaluation piece isn't, do I know how to do it? Have I passed? It's, how do I do this better next time? What's going to make this easier? What's going to make it faster? What can I now help somebody else who's fumbling through it do? Because that's the other thing, right? Once you're on Zoom, if you're in the room with somebody else who's trying to get on Zoom, you're over there going, no, 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 you got to click on this. Because you learned it. In life, every, everything we try to do that uh, is worth doing is worth evaluating whether or not it can be done better. And this this comes into play especially in those areas where we're the most vulnerable. So when somebody challenges our faith, that can be a really tough, tough area to engage in and then walk away and say, wait a minute, I didn't articulate that the way I wanted to. Or in that circumstance, I didn't care about that person the way that I believe Jesus models for us. It's it's hard, it's hard, because we wanna do it right. But because we're living it as we go, we we have to to take for granted that we're gonna mess up, we're gonna do it not, not perfectly, but unless we're gonna sit and twiddle our thumbs and wait for some day that's not coming should be perfect at engaging with people, at loving our neighbor, at feeding our neighbor, at at discussing faith with our neighbor. We're going to have to go along and do it. Jesus is talking today about... With the, you're following me because you want this bread that I fed you, the, the, you know, the rye loaves, or the healing. And then and the, and the, he says, but, you know, if you trusted me, you'd trust in the, the, the one who sent me, and this language that John uses. It. And they say well, how do we get that bread? How do we get that bread? How do we do the work of God? And, and he says, well, it's to believe in me. Well, what does believe in me? Believe isn't just a conscious assent saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. Believe is an active verb. We use it as though it's just a a certain body of uh, doctrine that we accept. But believe means live like. Live like you trust this. Live like this is true. Live like you can count on this. That's what believe in me means. Live it. Keep living it. Just like we've been doing. Then they say, what signs are you gonna show us? Now, I don't know about you, but I think that the whole healing and feeding the 5,000 and raising people from the dead, kind of been showing them signs all along, all along, right? But John uses a lot of very specific language because he's, he's doing some, uh, he's using some language that, that speaks to Greek philosophy of the time. And so by signs, they, there are, there's a, a body of behaviors that count as signs in Greek philosophy. There are so many coded words in John. It's really, I mean, you you can study. You can study any passage of John for weeks, and there's tons in there. But this, to believe in me, you believe in the one who sent me. Trust. Trust that this is going to happen. Trust that it is happening. Trust that it has already happened, which means trust that it is embodied in you. We believe in a faith that is incarnate, incarnate in the body. It's already going on in you. Trust that you already have this thing. You're reaching out here wanting to get, he says, you're following me because you want the bread. So you're reaching for this bread that you already have. I was reading a book earlier in the week. It talked about how one of the ways that we sometimes do a disservice to people that we're trying to uh, provide care for, provide service to as Christians, is that we fail to include their gifts in the service. So we forget to let people do what they're capable of doing for themselves. Now, nobody likes this. And anybody who's ever heard the words, let me do it, knows that people don't like this. Because everybody comes to the table with something. And if we deny that and try to give to people, whatever our charity is, on top of that, give at them, give on them, fails to appreciate the giftedness of that person, and it actually ends up doing more harm than good. Which doesn't mean we don't care and doesn't mean that people don't need. It means that we need to let people participate in their own receiving. And for us to participate in our own receiving, we have to recognize what we've already got. Now for for gamers, um, gamers know that you can only equip certain things at a time and a certain number of certain things, right? Okay. I'm looking at the one person I'm sure knows this. <laughs> right, you can, you can only, whether it's something in your hand, something you can only equip certain tools at a time. So if you want to pick up another tool or put on another hat or equip another skill, you have to put down the one you've already got. If we're reaching for, I, I, want, I want from Jesus, I want to be fed, I want this power, I want, I want to be more secure, I want to be more comfortable. I want, what are we not hanging on to or valuing? And as Amanda, what we have, and as Amanda talked about today in giving thanks, being grateful. Being grateful is part of recognizing, what do I have? We already have been claimed by God. We already have God's grace. We already have the food from heaven. We just got to continue to live in it. It means asking questions. It means being humble. It means fumbling along and then being embarrassed about it and acknowledging. But mostly it means trusting that when God promised to be with us, God is. Let us have this bread always. I invite you to sing with me this hymn. Amanda's going to sing the verses for us, and we will sing the refrain. Please stand as you are able.
2: Christ and sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers to, for the Church, the world, and all creation. You call your Church to be the body of Christ. Awaken all the baptized to the gifts you provide for carrying out the work of ministry. Where the Church is divided, knit us together and restore the unity of the faith. Hear us, O God.
1: Mercy is great.
2: You command the clouds above and cause the wind to blow in the heavens watch over deserts and wilderness places, regenerate forests, defend species at risk of extinction, and strengthen the work of conservation organizations. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: You summon leaders to respond to the needs of your people. Instill those who govern with patience when confronted with grievances and perseverance in seeking what promotes the well-being of the community. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: You draw near to those who cry out for help. Feed those who are hungry, reassure those who are despairing, and accompany those who are imprisoned. Rain down the true bread from heaven that gives life to the world. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: You receive all who come seeking a sign of grace. Make this congregation a place of hospitality for those accustomed to rejection, to those who have felt excluded here or elsewhere. Prepare us to welcome them in the name of Christ. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: You prepare us for ministry. Bless ELCA Bishop Elizabeth Eden, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, and Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister Synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins, for the Alaska Native Lutheran Church Anchorage. Raise up new leaders and encourage those pursuing a call to ministry. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: And for what else do the people of God pray?
0: We pray for those who will be participating in the Salmon Derby for uh, safety and for fun and uh, for a good event for all.
2: You provide food that endures for eternal life. Sustain us each day with the bread of life until we are gathered with all the saints and feast together at your heavenly banquet. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: We lift these and all our prayers to you, O God, confident in the promise of your saving love through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
0: Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer
2: jesus bread of life you have set this table with your very self and called us to the feast of plenty gather what has been sown among us and strengthen us in this meal make us to be what we receive here your body for the life of the world amen
0: Amen. gathered into one by the holy spirit let us pray as jesus taught us our father who art in heaven heaven, hallowed be thy thy name thy kingdom kingdom come. come
2: The mission mission of of Resurrection Resurrection Lutheran Lutheran Church is is to promote promote spiritual spiritual growth in
1: Christ Christ and service to all
0: people. Now receive the benediction. The blessing of God, who provides for us, feeds us, and journeys with us, be upon you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
2: Go in peace. You are the body of Christ.
0: Thanks Thanks be be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.